You down with KGB? Oh, baby, you know me. It's Amigos, episode 334. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about KGB. Mm, papers, please. Yeah. Yes. Now, Aaron, what's your favorite secret police? <laughs> well, let's see here. I like the secret police a lot, if I'm honest. What about you? It's funny. You know, by the time that I was fully cognizant as a youth, the Soviet Union had already been dissolved. Uh, but you are not that way. You grew up sort of in the shadows of, of the Kremlin. I did. Were. I so did. tell me about what that was like. You know, uh, I don't think we got it as bad as the kids in the late 60s got it, where they're like, you know, the JFK era, the Bay of Pigs, all that stuff. Uh, but there was a lingering doom. I've talked about this with some older people that I know, like the Chud, for mm -hmm. example. In America, in the especially during the early Reagan years, it got real dicey feeling. Because uh, Reagan wasn't screwing around. Uh, he was, he had a plan. And the plan was to build up arms, as you know, and to go to war with these guys. Not literally, but go to war with them with the pocketbook to try to make them spend money. That was the plan, uh, I suppose. Maybe you got lucky. There's no way of knowing. But it, for the person on the street, it was pretty scary. And if you read a lot of books, you know, like I'll use Watchmen as a prime example. They do a good job establishing the overall feeling of, of the environment of that era in the Watchmen, where this is kind of like foreboding terror. We all, I mean, I was fairly convinced there was going to be a nuclear or atomic war. Uh, I mean, it sounds... Was it what everybody worried about? And in its place, we just replaced that with global warming catastrophes? Well, it, yeah, that's what it was. It's just, it really felt like things were going to go south. And I will say, uh, and you probably, I don't know how old you were when the Berlin Wall came down. Well, that was around the same time. That was 89. But that was a big deal. That's no fooling. I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, they brought the wall down. They reunited Germany, all that mm -hmm. stuff. But Do you remember when you could buy pieces of the Berlin Wall at JCPenney? Absolutely. I yeah. still remember that. Absolutely, you could. And uh, uh, it was, but the, the wall coming down was a big deal. And it signaled a big change, not just in the Soviet Union, but in the world, because things were going to be different. And it, if you think about the effect that, the Soviet Union's decline had on, like, uh, not just in, on world politics and lives, but even on, like, popular media. Yeah. Uh, it was a big change. Well, you, spy storage stuff had been a big deal, and so you had to kind of reformulate all that stuff. Uh, you know, a lot of people at the time, they called it the end of history because it had been such a big part of, you know, the 20th century and all this stuff. And then they're like, well, what are we going to talk about from here on yeah. out? And it turns out we still had problems, you know, even after the fall of the Soviet Union. It's funny because I mean, I'm a big Bond guy. Mm -hmm. James Bond was is my favorite. And, uh, Bond had tangled with the Soviets for for pretty much his entire existence. And if you ever saw GoldenEye, Pierce Brosnan, where they actually, that was the plot of the movie, was the fall of the Soviet Union. And now Bond's having to deal with these warlords and these rogue generals that want to bring back the Soviet Union. I thought they did a good job kind of handling that. But now it did change everything when that happened. And this game really... Uh, got me to thinking of the, about the way it was, before, you know, before all that stuff went down. So it was a throwback game for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, before we get into the throwback game of KGB, we should talk about this week's Amiga News. Good idea, dude. Amiga News.
All right, Aaron, our first story this week comes to us from Neil over at Indie Retro News. And Aaron, the arcade hits just keep right on coming. Final Fight Enhanced, Aaron, is an enhanced Amiga version of a classic beat-em-up from 1991. Aaron, you love Final Fight. I do. I do. I'm not... Oh, I'll see it now. Yeah, sorry. I clicked on the wrong one. So, yeah, I do love Final Fight. I don't know anything about this, so give me the scoop. Well, it's according to the write-up here, it says that uh, it's got improved colors, it's got a smoother frame rate. I mean, what game can't benefit from those two things? Yeah. The source code is completely new, and it's done 100% in assembly language. The original version was probably done in some crap like Blitz Basic or Listen, something. Listen, Final Fight in, on the Amiga was double pants. Horrible. Mm-hmm. It was right there, right beside OutRun as the abomination of the decade. I'm, let's look at this video here and see what they've got here. Because I've not got to see this. I'm just the first I've heard about this. It can't be as bad. It already looks better just by watching the video here mm-hmm. of the guy running around. I love it. This is great. This is great news. And there are certain wrongs that need to be righted on the Amiga. And final, this is one of them. The big one's still out there. Right. You know, it starts with an O and ends with a It starts with an O. And, and while they're at it, they could take a, look, take a good hard look at Outrun, Turbo, Outrun Europa, all, get them all fixed up. Yeah. But and this, then fix Popeye Wrestling. Because even, even Street Fighter Two for the Amiga, as not good as it was, was better than Final Fight. Mm. They gave it the college try. Not really. They gave it like the remedial school try for Street Fighter Two. Now, in the original Final Fight, are you forced to play as Hagger? Uh, or do no, you have multiple character no, selection? You're not forced to play as Hag. Okay, you can play, you can play you the, the, yeah. the guy or the chick. The guy. No, there is no chick. There's guy. There's two guys. There's two guys. There's Cody. Cody. There's... Uh, guy and there's hagar okay there's yeah. not a girl there's not a girl okay. in the first one no. okay in fact you're going to uh you're going out to to rescue the uh the girl you know the first time i ever played final fight you know where it was i don't hills oh in huntington no the hills in taze valley remember when hills was in taze oh valley? my god i forgot i forgot there was one of those out there yeah. if i'm honest that's yeah. cool man yeah. i love it I, you know that place i was already moved away when that happened it right. was they they came they came they put it in and i left before i even knew what happened mm-hmm. so yeah that's the way it goes well, moving on to the next story, Aaron. It's a, it's a very game-heavy news segment, which that, is what that, we like. That's a good game, though. I'm, I'm happy to see that. I'll be honest with you. That makes me very happy. Now, this isn't an arcade port, Aaron, but this is a port from one of those systems that we've discovered since sort of doing our shows. It's crossed our radar plenty of time. Yeah. The MSX, Aaron. And, of course, yes. you and the Brent have covered the MSX a time or two on the old ARG I've presents. got some streams on the you know, the MSX right up your alley, but I love it. Do you, love do you it get so on there much. and play with it a lot? I do. I, say. I do. Uh, and there's a game on there called Nightmare that's coming to the Amiga. And uh, Saberman, of course, is on it. This is a vertically scrolling shooter, but it's not a space shooter. Yeah. This is a, uh, it's it's sort of like an Akari Warriors uh, commando type game. Yeah. What do you think about that, Aaron? Because essentially what they've done here is they, they've taken a space shooter and they've just basically put you on the ground. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it for the first time here. It, I mean, it, I'll have to play it. I don't know. It's hard for me to judge of what I'm seeing here. Um, so, you know, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with anything. Any kind mm. of new stuff that looks that looks halfway playable, I'm down. Yeah, yeah. And this you was know. a game that uh, I guess, the, I'll tell you, this is uh, the graphics are remastered by a guy named Tony Galvez. Uh, it's got high-quality Amiga-enhanced sound effects. I hope they put a bunch of useless voice samples in there. Nothing what? makes me happier What do you have a problem that. with that? Um, there is, uh, and there's a new high-score table with automatic saving to disk, which is great. Nice. So, and this will run on both PAL and NTSC Amigas. So good. big Very ups good. to that. Yeah, not bad. I mean, it looks pretty good to me. Yeah, so Nightmare, it's coming. Oh, it's actually, it's out. It Nightmare. got released. 
It came. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on, Aaron. Now, this is this is oh, a story no. that's going to mean something something real special to our UK contingent. Because yeah. no game has ever garnered as much universal acclaim across the pond as Target Renegade. Somewhere, Dean Swain is a happy man. Swainy yeah. over at over at the uh, those guys. I'm love surprised it. they didn't put the dude from Target Renegade right there on the Union Jack because this game is a loved so much over there. And uh, and guess what? Is it really that? I mean, I know yes. a few people like it, but I mean, it's that oh, popular. Man. Everybody in the UK falls all over themselves to talk about how great Target really? is. Really? Yeah, okay. because it was a game that was developed just for them. It never came out in the arcades. It was only for, I mean, let's be honest, the UK audience. Okay. So this is taking all the greatness of the Spectrum original and updating it with Amiga graphics, Amiga sound, and you know, just a better a better playing experience. So. This is a brand new sort of pre-alpha footage. So don't expect this to run exactly right when you watch the video. It looked pretty but good, though. it shows promise. And, uh, and you know, I'm all about playing, you know, upscaled ZX Spectrum games on the Amiga when I know they're being done right. And uh, this looks like it's being done right. Uh, and this is, I guess, uh, it says... Um, Oh, I'm reading it right now, and it says written for... Oh, okay, I see. So this game was a project that started out 15 years ago, written for PC using Blitz Basic PC, but with the help of, you said it, Swainy. Yeah. Swainy's involved oh, Yeah, in I knew this he project. was working on something. Yeah. I didn't know if it was this particular one. He's yeah. recolored all the ZX Spectrum graphics over to the Amiga, with most of the first level working, and now with added music by Samon69. You know, uh, I, I, love, I love Dean. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I Listen... Back when they started Retro Asylum, I was a big fan. I learned a lot about uh, the British computer scene from that show. Mm -hmm. And, of course, it was covered retro stuff. In fact, I learned a good chunk of stuff early on from that. And Dean has always been passionate about this game. Yeah. Uh, and so and that's awesome. And I'm glad to see after all these years, they've got something playable coming down the pike. It's right. Very, very cool. We're definitely going to keep an eye this, on that. Because I know this was, uh, this was a, uh, something that's been bandied about for a long time. And he's mm -hmm. been... He is, just had some start and stops on it, so I'm glad to see he's getting some action on it. That's great news. Now, Aaron, where do you stand on Sokoban? I'm not a fan of the Sokoban. Really? Yeah, no, not Be a big fan. My know, mom does that. This was one of the games that I played on the old TI-85 back in the day in math class. Okay, you had the, you, you, I mean, you never, you never, you never enjoyed the the fine fruits. Did they even have graphing calculators when you were in high school? No. Okay. And now in high school, now when I was in. Post high school, they mm -hmm. did have, them. and if they did have them back then, I could get them for them. People didn't have it. It wasn't well, I mean, like everybody in class had Super expensive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, if you are a fan of Sokoban or Sokoban, I'm not sure how you say it. Uh, you can head on over to uh, CDLabel.eu. This was originally a game that was released uh, at cost, but has since been made free. And they've also fixed all the bugs that made it impossible to win. So double bonus. <laughs> It's free, and it's also possible to succeed at the game. <laughs> Always good thing, yeah. Yeah. Now, you can still keep on buying, I guess, the boxed version of the game. Yeah. I believe I that this is, this is available in Polish. Uh, this is, I believe that this is a Polish outfit. Uh, but you can download the game right from that site for free and yeah. enjoy all of your Sokoban fantasies. Very good. Very good. I'm not... Which, what's the name of this outfit we're looking this at This is... Uh, CDlabel.eu. It's a retro shop, mainly Amiga. Have we how covered they these? Have we ever had looked at anything from this these outfit on before? I want to say that well, they did Tank's Fury and oh, Bridge Strike. Okay, so yes. All right, fair yes. enough. There you go. All right, Aaron. Boat. But no, I took a bond. I don't have time for that. That 
I'd rather be playing something more fun. I understand. I don't like thinking anymore than I have to. Well, it's, it's also, there's a time, I mean, these days, you can put you can play whatever you want in the palm of your hand. Back in the days of Sokoban, that was all you had. You yeah, liked it. I agree. Now, in our last little bit of news, a sort of a text dump. A big old text dump. <laughs> I see Trevor Dickinson's involved okay. here. So, we so all... Trevor Dickinson, from time That's to time, right. he just he just posts what he's up to. Okay? Yeah. He's, he's a busy dude, too. Well, he's, he's always getting some kind of action You know, going. he's one of the big movers and shakers in the Amiga scene, especially with the new Amiga project. I've heard that. I've you know? heard that, yeah. And uh, speaking of, uh, you know, progress, progress is being made on the A122 Plus motherboard. Now, this is the kind of thing, we've been talking about this board for years. Yeah. This is a cost-reduced version of the, I believe, A5000 uh, motherboard. These are very, very expensive. How cost next yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, It looks like a production start planned available, not set yet. I'm guessing that means the price is still not set yet. But uh, as far as the news, uh, the hardware works as expected, which is good. Uh, DVD drive support is still problematic at the moment. The board can boot Workbench. Um, and uh, yeah, so just, you know, it's it's coming. Work is still being done, so don't lose heart if you are among the people that want to jump into this glorious new world of the new Amiga uh, and you don't have the cash to pay for one of those huge towers. You know, we've talked with the new Amigas a few times. Let's have a quick second here about these things. Now, they by calling them new Amigas, it's kind of, I mean, they're not new now. Right? Well, that's, been around the, that, for a that's, while. that's the product name. Yeah, yeah right. But I mean, uh, I wonder... I wonder how many of these are were are owned worldwide. I really would like to know numbers. How, do you, would you issue a guess on I, that? I would say less than a thousand. Well, I'd say. I mean, do you think that few? Yeah. How many do you think yeah. you would have to sell of these to really make them more viable in terms of software produced specifically for it? Let me tell you something about our boy Trevor Dickinson. Yeah. He's not concerned with making a whole bunch of money. Well, no, he's got a whole. I'm bunch not talking about money wise. I'm just thinking to myself. What what would get these things to really? Because a lot of people, including us, we're sort of in the old school Amigas. What would it take to get the new school Amigas really, like to literally quantum shift? How many would have to be on the market? Because my point is, if this is a cost reduced version of that, you know, and, and depending because those things were very pricey, as we know, if you got a cross cost reduced version, this they could get a lot more of these out a lot quicker. Maybe you could, maybe there'd be a shift there because at some point you would think there's going to be a tipping point, right? When well, you say, you know, or do you think is, there ever will be? I don't think so. I don't think this is ever going to achieve anything close to mass market acceptance. But that's not the point. You yeah. know, this is a hobbyist computer yeah. for people that like to tinker. They love the Amiga, and they want to see you know sort of like this is like imagine it, something like the Raspberry Pi, except it was inspired by the Amiga. And it has a desktop environment that's sort of Amiga esque. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's that's essentially what it is. It's got an emulator, so you can run old school Amiga games on it. But it's essentially a platform that people write software for, much like you know OS four or something like that. Yeah. And um, and people like hardware. You know, Amiga guys, they're hardware guys. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and so you know, people are talking about in the chat. Uh, Chris, I, uh, Chris Edwards, who in the chat, he says uh, he's had one on pre-order since 2017. Oh my so, god! Uh, and he, I saw Frank's. And he had yeah, one. and Frank Frank has one. So um, yeah, uh, you know, it'd I, be fun to fool with one. I, and I fooled with one on several occasions. Oh yeah, Amiga, Ireland, they have them set up. I mean, it's cool. It, it reminds me of the first time I ever used OS 10. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, because I came from a Windows environment, and this was just something so totally different than what I was used to. I'm sure it's also like if you if you sit down with desktop Linux or something like that, it's neat to mess around with. 
Uh, and I fully support people, you know, supporting the project and keeping the, you know, this this version of the Amiga alive. But because there are so many low cost things like Linux builds, you know, and things like the Pi Amiga, um, the the appeal just isn't there for me because I'm not a big hardware guy. You know that about me. Yeah, it's funny when we first started this, you were you said no hardware, right? No I, hardware. I've since now become a little bit of hardware. Because saying you're a no hardware guy, you got a lot of hardware sitting around. For I some do. Night. I mean, ton, not just Amigas, but Apples and all sorts of crazy It is. It is weird there. how I'm a So you are a hardware guy. I am a hardware guy. I'm just not an expensive hardware guy. <laughs> I'm cheap. That's Go ahead. Say it. I I'm didn't cheap. say a word. <laughs> you're a VR guy. You're a boat guy. You're all sorts of guys. <laughs> Luxury watches. Well, you know, luxury. Forget about <laughs> coins. Let's not forget about coins, boat. You got those going for you. And there's one more thing to to update people on in the Trevor Dickinson newsletter. Here. Yeah, please. Um, there is a Kickstarter going on for Vultures to Vampires Part Two. Ooh. Of course, Vultures to Vampires Part One is a uh, a book that was uh, mostly written by David Pleasance. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Dickinson is kicking in. Uh, his writing talents to Vultures of Vampires Part 2, which covers the years 2005 to 2021. Yeah. Which, can you imagine there was enough stuff going on in the Amiga world to fill a book with 2005 to 2021? Yes. I, for that time span, yes. Now, if it was 2005 to 2010, mm -hmm. that'd be a whole different book. Right. But th if you that, things got quite active. I mean, we got a, what time did we come on the 2015. scene? 2015. And we got there that was just sort of like, there was, I wouldn't say meandering. Mm-hmm. And we had nothing to do with it, by the way. But just what we were being, and then all of a sudden, like we just had to be around, and everything went crazy, eight bonkers. Right. So it was that's a good time to write a book. Have you read any of uh, of the books uh, of his book? I, I I have. Um, it, it's 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 a lot of the stories I feel like I've heard before. Maybe that's yeah. because I've listened to David Pleasant talk say, in real him? life a lot yeah. of times. You say he was real nice, he, right? He's a good in, guitarist. Incredibly I believe you say, yeah. nice. He's a, a fantastic classical guitarist. He'll kick a few back. Yeah, he'll kick a few back. Yeah. He'll sit down. He'll talk to anybody. So, yeah. He's a very very pleasant guy. I'd like to meet. I'd like to meet Mr. Pleasant. Uh, yeah, because he sounds like my kind you, of cat. You you get on like a house on fire yeah. with with DP. I get on with everybody though. You do. That's but, true. Yeah, but I would like to meet him. Just as a quick update, and Trevor is not getting any of the money from. From this book, by the way, this is all going. I assume to Mr. Pleasant. Trevor's a passion um, project. Yeah, guy. he's a passion yeah. project guy. They've raised Aaron seven thousand, about seven thousand five hundred bucks. They're looking for twenty grand, so they are still it's, under. They're raising. This is to do what? This is the Vultures to Vampires. Oh, part so two. The, I didn't know that. So they're kickstarting. Yeah, they're the kickstarting it. Um, and uh, I it, think the first one was pretty popular. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if the amount of people that are interested in this particular portion of Amiga's history when a kick in. Uh, I know that, let me look down here on the, they got on the tiers. They, they've got, uh, let's see, it looks like they've got nine days left. So just yeah. over a week, 26 pounds, Aaron, which is about 36 US dollars, gets your name in the back pages of the book. And I assume that it comes with the book because that's a lot of money to not get the book. <laughs> You can also pledge without a reward at a lesser amount, but I imagine that thirty-six bucks gets you the book, and uh, it must be your full actual name, no pseudonyms allowed, Aaron. I'm sorry. So you know, I wouldn't mind having one of these books. Top Banana Twenty One. And when like, I and when I meet Mister Pleasance and Mister Dickens, because I have not, you've got the pleasure of meeting both these guys. Yeah, I've got yeah. to meet no, I don't get to meet nobody. That's true. I've never met nobody. They no one wanted to meet me, but if I ever got a chance to, you get them sign that thing. Mm -hmm. What an honor! Absolutely. You know, I guess we got to meet them online that one time. I guess that sort of counts. But mm -hmm. yeah, that'd be cool. But yeah, hey, give the book a look if that's your bag. See if we get throw some support by Mister Pleasance. I will say, 
Uh, he's been very active in the past few years, hasn't he, in the Amiga scene? He has. That's, and that's nice. And he's been a fountain of information. Absolutely. Know, so. Absolutely. All right, Aaron, that's going to do it for this week's Amiga News. We should probably talk a little bit about the best place to go. Speaking of hardware, guys, if you've got some hardware, it's not quite acting the way it should. There's only one place you need to turn, and that is Retro Rewind. Bam, Aaron. our good buddy Frank. That's right. If you have just acquired a new Amiga and you're a little bit scared about what's going on under the hood, like him. there's a couple of things you can do. Okay, say you, say you've got a handy. What's the mechanical equivalent of a green thumb? Uh, 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 Silver two, elbow. Two left hands or whatever. How about I don't that? think that's good. No, I mean, oh, I thought you wanted it to be bad. A, a green thumb means two you're good right at, hand. Two right that? hands. Okay. Maybe three. <laughs> <laughs> they call it a tripod. That's, that's right. What I've heard. No, that's not what I heard. Um, so <laughs> this is uh, what you can do is you can get yourself a cap kit because here's a you don't want to you don't want to run that Amiga with old caps. Yeah. They're going to explode all over the board. Um, Frank makes it easy. No matter yeah. what model you have, you click on it. He's downloaded all of the parts. He'll send you instructions on how to fix it, uh, and you can do it in a weekend. You know, recap your Amiga for fun and profit. Hoop <laughs> or. <laughs> Let's say you're not... Uh, say you don't have three right hands. Let's say you don't have a soldering iron like your good buddy David Z. You know, David's, let's, you know, David Z, I was talking to him the other day. 3D printing master. A smart guy. He's got every computer. Every computer. He doesn't know how to use a multimeter. Really? I was stunned. Yeah. I'm going, Even I know how to use I'm a multimeter. I'm calling him out right here. <laughs> let's say you're the kind of guy, you don't know how to use a multimeter. You don't know what a multimeter is. You think it's multiple, multiple like parking meters. meters. Yeah. Like you put quarters you in. You line them up. That's not what it is. Don't recap that machine. You're going to botch that job, brother. <laughs> pack that sucker up. Pack the motherboard up. Send it to Frank. He'll recap it for you. No problemo. If you need a, uh, if you need a, uh, uh, anything for your C64, C128, let's say you got one of those Commodore 16s. Mm-hmm. Listen, go send that away. Don't even fool with that. <laughs> send it away. Don't even ask for a back. <laughs> if you've got one, you're hardcore, right? Let's say, boat just for fun. I've got a CD TV sitting around. All right, you're gonna recap that? Are you nuts? No. If you box the job on that, you're out hundreds of dollars. Maybe even close to a grand. You send that up to the man with the plan. That's right. Now, say you got a Coco sitting around. You just got one, like I did at the, at the Hillbilly Flea Market. That's mm-hmm. a shoot, by the way. Mm-hmm. You know that. Yeah. Do you go in there and fool with it? No. You don't know what to do with it. It's just sitting there like mm-hmm. a lump. Frank sells the SDC cards. You get that, plug it in. You've got all the games. The, car, the SD card comes set up, ready to rock and roll. You shove that thing in. You're playing Coco like that. Right. And if you're in Europe, let me tell you something. Don't worry about it. Frank sends over to Europe. He'll send stuff to Australia. He ships worldwide. That's right. So don't think like he's just working out of North America. No, no, no. Because he knows where his bread's buttered. Mm. That's overseas. But yeah. That's where the big money is. That's where at. the big money is. So... We thank Retro Rewind, and if you decide to order something from them, save yourself some money. Save 10% by using the promo code AMIGOS10 at checkout. That's right, Boat. We love Frank. Thanks for helping us out, Frank. And hopefully, this will be another big year for RetroRewind.ca. KGB, Aaron. Oh, man. Let's talk about it. Man, unrelated to Frank, by the way. <laughs> KGB. Had you heard of this one, Boatster? No. No, this Me is either. this is another one of those games where it's like it, when I first when I first came upon it, I thought, oh boy, here we go. I mean, it's it's I had to look and see what year it was released, if I'm honest, because I wasn't sure. Like, how old is this game? Was the KGB still around when it came out? <laughs> and I wasn't even sure. So released in '92, but mm. so right in the middle there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, this is sort of 
riding the the cusp of the I mean the the Amiga wave in my mind goes from about eighty eight through about the middle of ninety three. So they oh they, that's. That, that's that, when, that, that, that's that's when the best stuff was coming. That's out. when it was because yeah. there's a lot of good stuff released late. To be fair, well, yeah, but I mean, not as much. So this was a five disc special in the Amiga. Now this also had a DOS release, and the DOS release apparently, and you'll get into this. I think you looked into this a little bit. There was a they had a disc and they just have a CD release or just a DOS or that disc be, and I CD. I believe that the CD version or see the disc version came first, and then the CD that's enhanced what I thought. edition. The hand enhanced, and we'll yeah. talk about that a little bit now. This was developed by an outfit called Cryo. Bo, do you remember Cryo? No. Well, you should, because they did the original Dune. Your Dune. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah. I and do you remember By the way, does that ring a bell with the art style? It looks it's exactly it, yeah, like it. Mm-hmm. Cryo on the Amiga did Dune, uh, Ecstasy, and KGB. That's, that's the only things they did on here. You know, I looked into Cryo because I thought to myself, these guys put out Dune. And this and KGB looks good. Right. Like, what's the scoop on these guys? You know where they were out of Paris, France. Okay. Okay. And you could there's a stylized art style. You know, we play we've played a lot of games on the Amiga that had a kind of a stylized art style, and maybe a, an animation or or a drawing style. Sometimes we really like it. Sometimes we hate it. Mm-hmm. Okay. This game has a real stylized art style, much like Dune, and I really dug it. And when to me, before we even get into whether we like the game or not. Or if the game's any good, I will say that when it comes on, you can tell that they someone of some quality worked on it because of the way it looked. Did, your thoughts? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. This is this is not um, a phoned in game, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, just to get into Cryo a little bit, they're actually full title. Eventually, it was Cryo Interactive Entertainment. Makes sense because mm-hmm. they were doing the disc stuff. They did not do tons and tons of games. The big games they were known for most were Dune, of course. And here's one that I didn't know they did. They did Mega Race. Not Omega Race. No, just Mega Race. Now, this was a CD racing game. It's funny. I watched the Flack try to play this on one of his streams, and he couldn't get the load up. But it's no good. Hmm. I've played this. I don't know if I put it is on Is this there. one of these like early CD-ROM That's deals? exactly mm-hmm. what it is. It's, it's a dud. They also did a game called Dragon Lore, Lost Eden, and Atlantis, The Lost Tales. A couple of those were pretty popular over, over in Europe, not so much here. And unfortunately, these guys ended up just going bankrupt, and they went, they just ran out of, they went out of business. Uh, they didn't they didn't last uh, too long. I believe they lasted about six seven years. Uh, and they oh no it wasn't it was two thousand two. So That's that a was pretty good of, run. They did another spin on Dune uh, uh, before they died, and then they were dead. So it's kind of a bummer. But I mean, you would think. Uh, Clearly, yeah. these guys weren't hacked because these guys these guys had nothing to do with Dune Two, right? That was no, Westwood Studios. No, no. Now, I looked up who worked on it specifically because I was like, you know, these guys. Let's see what they did on their own. And for the most part, uh, the design was a guy named Johan Robson, <laughs> uh, uh, the coder uh, Fabrice Bernard, and uh, or the and the other coder Patrick uh, Dubon Shea. Mm. None of these guys did anything else on the Amiga. Uh, the graphics, the guys did do other stuff. Dieter Bouchon did was involved in Dune, Captain Blood, and Purple Saturday. Purple Saturday is a real weird game. We is ever, Captain Blood real normal? Well, it's not, but it, it, I don't think we've done Purple Saturday on the show, have no. we? It's a it's an intergalactic uh, event based game, sort of like uh, uh, Summer Games or something. Really, it's real. AGSC, get on it. It's real weird. Uh, Michael Rio did Cult, which is another weird game spelled with a K. 
uh, Spidertronic, Cyborg, Operation Neptune, Ecstasy, and Bubble Ghost. Remember Bubble Ghost? Yeah, that was a good game. We did cover that one. Yeah. Uh, another graphics guy, Sohor Tai, who was involved in Dune, Overdrive, and Civil Defense Unit. And lastly, uh, Terry Sapin, who hadn't done anything on the Amiga. And the music was done, which I thought the music was, well, I want to hear your thoughts. Alexandra Ekian was the music guy. Uh, this, again, was on five discs. It did have a hard drive install, thank God. Uh, and was uh, um, five discs is a lot, you know, to go it's through. It's a very big game. So, it's a very big game. Since we mentioned the music, the musician there, what were your thoughts on the music? It kicks up pretty early in this, and it plays throughout the game. It'll let you turn it off. Your thoughts? Right out of the gate. Just you know, I, I can't help but feel like I'm, I'm sort of uh, talking out of both sides of my mouth. Because when there's no music, I complain. But I'm going to complain about this music. Because, <laughs> yeah. man, like, when I don't know about you, but when I'm down with my private investigating, I want to have Euro dance trash pumping in my brain nonstop. Is that what you thought this was? It absolutely is. It's got, mm-ts, 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 and then it's got the horrible voice sample. You can't understand Well, I mean, it. it did change up as you went through. No. Yeah. As far did. as I, I know. Where you, it's the scene you were on. It would, it would change eventually. Maybe you didn't get that far. Maybe I didn't get that far because uh, I also watched a bunch of playthrough and it didn't seem like it changed. It didn't cha- I mean, it, it, it would go back. It would go back and forth between like uh, one or two songs, I believe. So one or two. So there's another song. I didn't say there was a ton of okay. songs. I just said there were some. The, the, They're very similar. I, I shut the music off probably I did 10 too. minutes in. That's and probably why you didn't hear the other, yeah. Yeah, the other stuff. I, I turned it off, too. But, I mean, it, it did have music. The funny thing is, when you had the music, you didn't hear anything. It was just right. the music. So, sort of a cop-out, kind of, yeah. in my yeah. opinion. Well, I mean, this is the Amiga, after all. Now, oh, don't don't get started with that crap. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into the, just a little bit of the basis of this game, and I'm going to let you kind of fill in the gaps here, okay, okay but if you're okay with that. So the game takes place in 91, okay? So you play a guy who was transferred. In fact, his name is Rukov, I believe is the way it's pronounced. Rukov? I think there's a Rumen. I think it's like Rumikov. I think there's an N or an M in there It says here on my notes, Captain uh, Alphabet Alphabet Rukov. Okay, okay. Okay. You've been transferred to Department P. You don't ever want to go there, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Department P of all places uh, from the GRU, and I think you're supposed to know what the GRU is, but I don't know. And you are uh, immediately assigned the task of investigating a guy's death who was found. And former KGB. That's right. He who had who was a private detective in the Soviet Union. Probably not much fun to do that. And event, your initial uh, task is to go and investigate his old flat, his old office space, and uh, turn up anything that you need to to your boss. Uh, this game is takes place in Russia, and they've rushed this thing out. I mean, you've got all the Russians on the walls everywhere you go. I don't, I don't, this, is the, this game reminded me of an American in like 1984. They said, listen, what do you think it looks like in Russia? <laughs> this is the game. You'd have all the guys on the wall, Stalin and all these guys, and you'd have all these books about how Russia was great and everything else was garbage, and people would talk just like that. Mm-hmm. Surely Russia wasn't really like this. Well, <laughs> it's, I, I, do I know? Heck no. I've never been to Russia. <laughs> but I mean, it's but like over it the is, top. It is very over the top in that Rocky Four kind of way. <laughs> Yes, yeah. except the crowd's not chanting for Ruskov. <laughs> right. They don't give a crap. So 
this game, of course, is a is a, uh, a point-and-click adventure game. Now, before we get too much further into the plot, but I want to talk to you, because you play a lot of these games. I would say, I'm going to call you an expert. I'm going to call you an advanced intermediate. Okay. Okay. How did you take to the interface in this, which is a unique... I don't think we've ever played a game with this sort of interface. What did you think of this one? I absolutely loved it. Uh, okay. I absolutely loved it, because... This game introduced a what's known in the manual as a smart pointer, okay? And what that is, is it's a context-sensitive menu. Yeah. So it doesn't make you choose. Well, it chooses what you what it thinks is best for you. So when you hover over somebody, you don't have to go down to talk and then click on them. It will change to talk. Now, you can still do other things. Yeah. You can right-click and you can select fight or give or something like yeah. that. But it does a great job of streamlining the process through the game, and I loved it. Yeah. Okay. It, this was, a, I will say, now, I, I it's been, Dune was a long time. Yeah. All right. So I don't remember how that went. But I will say, this was the, I would say this was the most advanced point-and-click interface that we've come across. Mm -hmm. You can stop me and, if I'm wrong. And here's the thing. They didn't mess around with a bunch of icons, okay? Everything in this game is English. Yeah. Okay. And so you don't have to wonder, like, well, this looks like look, but maybe it's not. It yeah. says look right there on it's the screen. It's not an eyeball right, and a mouth a... for talk. Right. Yeah. It, right. That was a, a great help, especially for someone that was coming from not being great at these sorts of games. Mm -hmm. It is a very easy to follow interface. The inventory, for the most part, I didn't have too much trouble manipulating things. It took a little while to figure out a few things. It wasn't like what I would call 100% intuitive, but it was probably 75% intuitive because I could figure it out. Uh, and it was easy to get in and out of. Uh, the interface, I thought, was top shelf. Uh, I will say that. Now, as you get into the game proper and begin your investigations uh, and doing the tasks that you're assigned, uh, what did you think of the feel of this thing? Give us your overall impressions uh, when you kicked it up. How did you? Uh, what did you think about the incredible dialogue trees that were available and the uh, ability to click on everything? What, what did that set with you? Great. Again, great. <laughs> because even though you do get a lot of dialogue options, there are some that are just clearly funny. This game has got a sort of, uh, I would call it, you know, sort of a black sense of humor, you know, gallows humor. Yeah. Uh, which is, uh, you know, I haven't read, I've never lived in a totalitarian regime, but from what I've read from people that have lived through, you know, the, the Stasi and the East Germans and stuff like that and Soviet Russia and stuff, yeah. that, that sort of attitude was, was around. Um, I love the fact that uh, even though you have lots of people to talk to, you are given very clear instructions at the beginning of the game on what you need to do to start the story going. Because we played so many of these games where you just sort of blunder around like a fool and you get you get killed a million times, you know? Uh, whether it's, you know, like a game like Cruise for a Corpse. I never, I still don't even know what you're supposed to do in Cruise for a Corpse. That game, to me, was the opposite of this. And I, I make that comparison because it's another French developer. It's Delphine. And they're doing a point-and-click adventure game. It's two different approaches. This is the right approach. That's the garbage approach. Well, I wouldn't say garbage. It get, that game was a little older than this one as well. That, yeah, 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 true. So, but I wouldn't, it was just... This was a more well. This is a game that was more well seasoned because there was a lot the the building blocks had been sure. laid in front absolutely, of it. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. This game, um, the text is overlaid on the screen like a Sierra game. Yeah, it looks very similar to Monkey Island or something like that. 
Um, like you said, the inventory management is very good. It's easy. You click on the thing, you see what you've got, you can hover over it. It tells you what it is. You don't have to do any additional look commands once you're in there. Yeah. Um, this game, much again, like Cruise for a Corpse, is a time-based game. So at the very beginning, the general says, okay, you need to go out and investigate this 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 guy that's died. You've got to be back by 6 o'clock. Right. Now, at the same time, the game is pretty generous about giving you time to work. You know, it's not ticking down like, you know, eight minutes per second or something like that. So you still have time to look around. You can go to different places other than the place you're supposed to go, talk to people. And what's neat about this game is it really puts you in the mindset. You know, this this game also reminded me of 1984, where you're talking to people and you're never exactly sure if they're going to be reporting on you to Big Brother or, you know, whatever the Soviet equivalent is to that or not, you know. Yeah. And you don't know how much of your responses are influencing how they're talking to you. Yeah. Okay. And the game leaves that purposefully ambiguous, which is cool because that's how it works in, in real life, you know, when you talk to people. Plus, when you talk to the characters in this game, and most of them, there's no uncertain terms that they don't, there's not a lot of trust in this game. Right. There's not a lot, there is no cordiality. Right. Like they're all, they're fully indoctrinated yeah. in, in the gimmick. Right. And again, I, I hope. Theoretically, Soviet Union was not like this. But again, from an outsider, this is what it reminds me of. An outsider wrote a game based on Soviet Union. This is what it would be like. Lots of comrade this, mm -hmm. and give me your papers, that, and show me your ID, right. and all that garbage. You know, so, yeah. Yeah. I think that the graphics in this game are absolutely outstanding. I love the perspective in this game. Yeah. I think too often point-and-click adventure games rely on moving your character around the screen. And because you have to draw your character on the screen, it means that you you have to scale back a little bit and you can't make things as detailed as you might like. Yeah. With this game, you can make the scale exactly where you want because you're just looking at a room and you could be more close up or more further away. The colors are great. You know, obviously, again, talking about the Soviet Union, it's not a real colorful place a lot of the time. There's yeah. a lot of, you know, but the colors are very well done. I like the use of light and shadow. Yeah. Um, the art style, I think, is very evocative of the time. And uh, like I said, overall, I was just, I had a blast playing this. And I'll tell you another thing that's great about it is that you will screw up and you will meet your demise in one way or another. Yes. But yes. the game doesn't just like game over and it kicks you back to the tile screen. No. It lets you roll back to the last location you were at. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Now, now let's talk about the bar. Okay. That's a, well, I mean, let's go back to a few things you said there. This, I want to elaborate on. This game takes place in real time. That's very important. You are assigned tasks or need to be somewhere at a certain time, and you have to get there. Uh, I was late with the very first thing I was supposed to do. It didn't go well for me, mm -hmm. you know. So that that clock on the and I've heard this is a, some people don't like this. Some people do, and this is a problem they have. But they, they're you're in real time, and so you've got to be very cognizant of what the time is. It's right there in front of you. Uh, so there's what do you think about games? You mentioned cruise for course. What do you think about these games that make you perform these tasks in an allotted time limit? Is that a I problem? Think, for I you? think if you set the expectation. Yeah. From the get go that says, listen, you've got this amount of time and it makes sense within the world. Like if you're working for a cop and the cop says you need to get down there and get back by closing time so you yeah. can tell me what's up. That makes sense. If you have some sort of arbitrary thing, like you've got 12 hours to solve the mystery or or what's even worse is that you can die suddenly 
because of the time and you don't know why that that's not made clear to you that's no good that's bad game design yeah yeah so the time and uh, I, i'm sure as you get further into it that time plays more of a factor i did i had i hit a stumbling block real early in this game i'm not gonna lie to you in fact i'm gonna tell you what it was the very first place you go is to explore this room this guy's office and there's an area that you what you need to do is find a is get this guy's file cabinet mm-hmm. to to get it to get a tape recorder. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find a way to find to get into this thing. I looked. I tried everything. I looked all over the office. I know at the time that's where I needed to go. Mm-hmm. And I looked and looked and looked and looked. And I, and finally I went back out with four off the guard and found that that was an option to talk to him to get the key for the file cabinet. That took me forever. I did some reading on this game, and one of the gripes against it is is that it's it's rock hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially for someone like myself. They say this is a game for your advanced uh, players in this level. And I can say, uh, now that was really the only hang-up I had early on, but <laughs> I thought it was, that was tough to get around if you don't know what to do. Well, and, and the thing is with this game is that you, with all adventure games, all point-click games, you have to have just an insane amount of patience and you have to be willing to click on everything. Sometimes yeah. click on things multiple times, explore every last line of the dialogue tree. The problem with that is you you can't you it sometimes if you explore every last line of the dialogue tree, you get some in trouble. Right. Because you can dialogue yourself into death. Right, right. And, and that's yeah. part of it. You yeah. know. You're it, right about the dialogue tree though. There's stuff in there like uh, what's your opinion? Like this, like you're begging for trouble. Like so, just like what's the weather like? What do you mm-hmm. think of the weather? What's the nightlife like? What do you think of these Moscow girls? Right. You know, and 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 so, and if you say too much of this stuff, you can get yourself in trouble. Mm-hmm. So you can't just go. You can't. This is one of those games where you just blanket hit the buttons and get everything. Well, here's out the there. thing: you have to, and you have to accept death, and then you have to get restart and do it right. And I can understand that is a gripe with yeah. this game. It's a lot of trial and error. Well, I'm not griping about it. I think that's actually because I mean, in real life, if I said, "Boat, how are you? How's how's the wife?" That's one thing, but if I come up to you and say, "Hey, Boat, I hear you're a piece of garbage," mm-hmm. well, you might shoot me or beat me up, mm-hmm. you know, that because that can happen. Right. So if the option's there, it doesn't necessarily mean you need to hit the option. Right. You know. Right. Which I like. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I will say that the all of the things like the all of the different responses that people gave, all the questions, there's always something goofy in there, and even yeah. if you don't click on it, it makes you giggle a little bit. Yeah, it is. There's some, there's some gallows humor, like you mentioned. Now. I don't know how long you got, how far you got into this, uh, but the mystery was pretty intriguing. I thought this plays out. I didn't, I, I didn't get super far in this yeah. because it just takes forever to get anywhere because of the trial and error gameplay. But yeah. when you watch a playthrough, this plays out like it, you know, like one of your great classic Russian novels, you know, a Russian spy novel. Yeah. Uh, there's double crossing. There's people coming out of the shadows. You're going into bars. You're beating up folks. You're killing folks. Yeah. You kill people in this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're a KGB guy. Yeah, what you do, and you're and and you're investigating your own people. Right, which and, becomes part of the story. And and what's what's interesting about this is it's trying to capture the time, even though this was only really like a year before the fall of the Soviet Union. It's capturing that time where the you know perestroika was the, the the last gasp. It was when they tried to do free market economics in the Soviet Union. It was yeah. it was a total disaster. And they talk if you could talk to people about that the right. struggles their families are going through. Right. And so they were trying to take a snapshot of just sort of normal life that was going on, what people were concerned about. And you also when you visit people in their apartments, you know everything is sort of you know done up a little bit, but it's still kind of shabby, you know. Yeah. And, and it, again. It plays into what we think as Americans in our mind, what the Soviet Union must have been. Like. Yeah. It's funny because, I mean, of course, the people that made this were French. 
And so, it, but I will say, I was sort of, because you don't know what other people think about, thought about the Soviet Union back in the day. And I was, I was slightly surprised about how over the top it was. I'm assuming part of it was just to be over the top. Yeah. You know, but it was, I mean, I know maybe the French, this was like high comedy in France, but if this had been released in the States, if I'd played this, I'd be like, yeah, that seems about right. Yeah. This is the way that the Soviet Union was presented to us. Oh, I'm sure you that know? I'm sure that it was similar in, in France. I mean, obviously this is a video game and you're going to want to have a lot of over the top action. Yeah. But I'm sure stuff like this happened, you know, intrigue within the KGB and stuff like that. Something else that I thought was interesting in this game is that like you can be a nice guy. But you can be a complete scumbag. You can make everyone show you their papers. Mm-hmm. You can tell them. You can give them the old, like, that's not for you to know, comrade. Right, you right. can say, wait up. You can act suspicious. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it helps to be uh, to play the heavy. Right. You know, right. if you're inter- interrogating somebody. And I thought that was the... Let's cut to the chase here. I think this is a hidden gem. This is another one. Mm-hmm. Okay? I've never heard of this game. I've never seen the game. I never heard anybody talking about this game. Now, it may be a big deal somewhere, but it wasn't to me. I think this right here is a straight-up classic. Yeah. And for, Now, I'm not a point-and-click guy, mm-hmm. but I put this on that Amazon Queen level. of The art was great. It was perfect for what it was. I'll put, I put this above. Well, the the, the interface was better. There's well, no I, I think everything about it was better. Amazon I mean, Queen was, was here, fun. Here, here's the thing. It's easy to do a fun, lighthearted point-and-click adventure yeah. game. It's difficult to to do a storyline like this and make it not cheesy or, I mean, it's a story told well. Like I said, if you go through and you watch the playthrough, it takes about two and a half hours yeah. to get through this thing. And it is, I mean, it plays out like a movie. It's very, very good. Yeah, I think this is a, I think this is a great game. And I look, I was I was quite interested to see how this thing reviewed when the push came to stuff. Because this sort of game, it's kind of hard to say uh, how it's going to end up doing. And the reviews were not bad. The people at Lemon give this an 8.19, which is a good score mm-hmm. for Lemon. Uh, the uh, Amiga actually gave it an 80. Uh, it got an 87 with Amiga Computing. Amiga Format, 91. Amiga Joker, 81. They like That's it. one of the highest scores I've ever seen from Amiga Joker. Amiga Power, 85. The One gave it an 86. Overall average, 85. Yeah. Very good. Uh, we should mention that this got a PC review, and I want to mention. I want to bring this up real quick before we move on to the Discord reviews, because uh, the this was supposedly. Now I couldn't get concrete confirmation on this, but supposedly this was ported over from the PC version. All right, and the PC version is a higher res and has more colors allegedly. Now, I would say yes to that. And now, Bo, do you want to talk about the CD version of this? Well, well, as far as from what I've read, yeah. there was a CD enhanced edition that came out. Yeah. And it's funny, Carl Blitter Blitter on our Discord, uh, he actually it arrived the day after we announced we were doing the show. And oh, they the renamed PC it. Disc? Yeah, they yeah. renamed it to Conspiracy. Yes, they did. And they changed every reference to KGB is is now Conspiracy in the game. I read that, yeah. So uh and it's get, they they brought in a star, you know, in the early days of the CD-ROM, you yeah. had to have you had to have star material yeah. on your highly compressed video. So they made some FMZ sequences starring Donald Sutherland. Now, yeah. I don't know who that is. Really? No. You don't know who Donald it was in the the movie version of MASH? No, that ring a bell. Donald, I'm surprised. You know who Keeper Sutherland is, right? I in it was theory. In, you don't know who he, he was. I mean, I've heard Young the name. Guns, and he Keeper Sutherland. Yeah, he was the uh, he was in everything. He was in Stand by Me. Okay, he I've was, seen that. Okay, he was the old bully guy. Really, Donald was his dad. Oh, okay. His dad was also in everything. 
you know, I can't believe. I know, guys. I know he put yeah, Hunger Games. You see that? I he was in that. Hunger no, I haven't that seen that one. But me. Hunger Games. Yeah, that's for girls. They eat each other. No, they don't. Oh, I thought they did. Hunger Games about the bone arrows, the contest, all that stuff. They don't eat each other. It's not a zombie movie. Buddy. No, I thought it was like cannibals and stuff. Someone post some Donald Sutherland movies. Yeah, Kelly's Heroes. He was famous in Mash. He played Hawkeye. I never. I didn't like the movie version. It wasn't as funny. It was. It was great. Anyway, Donald Sutherland's a big star. That's all you need okay. to know. I trust you. I know people look. They're stunned. They're all stunned in the chat. I've seen Animal House. Is he the? Is he the college president in the Animal House? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, God, no. Well, who is he in Animal House? I don't remember. I don't okay. remember. I don't remember. Frodo says he's in Animal House. He's in tons of stuff. Yeah, he is a big deal. Okay. So to get him on your game. That's a that's probably cost him some bucks. Probably. Yeah. I wonder how many extra copies they sold with the Donald Sutherland. Name. I don't know. I don't know. So, but anyway, the PC version does look better. I had a watch on it. This is another one of those games. Do you want voices and voice work in your game? I don't think. I don't think you do really. I mean, to you me, played. You've played games that had both. What's I, your preference? I, no matter. I mean, there are very, very few games that I leave. Even like modern games, I turn all the voices off because really? they always suck. So did you? Because they did it to like Monkey Island, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, I turned that. I turned that stuff off. Oh, like that's right. The, the professor at Animal House, because he, yeah, he hooked up with the chicks. Yeah. So yeah, but uh, uh, I don't blame you, and I don't necessarily think I want voices in this either. To be, if I'm honest, and I, there's, and by the way, yes, there's a PC version. Yes, it's enhanced or whatever. You can play the Amiga version with no trouble. It works fine. It looks good. You're not going to be like, man, I wish this was higher res. You're not even going to think that. It, I, don't, I didn't have any problem with that. So this is one of those instances where, like, if you've got a PC and you want to go get it, that's cool. But the Amiga version, is there's no problem with that. Did we get any Discord action on this thing, Boaster? No. No Discord reviews this week. <laughs> really? Nope. We so, didn't get a single Discord I, review. I, I think that maybe uh, people were, uh, maybe they were scared off by the title. They thought it might be a, a heavy game. Uh, but we got no Discord reviews. Well, this let me week, tell so. you folks something here, okay? Because uh, clearly a lot of people didn't play this and weren't inclined to play it. Mm -hmm. Maybe we've lost our touch. They don't care, okay? But if you were like, eh, KGB, meh. No, no, no. No, I'm telling you, you too, Soup. This is actually a pretty interesting game. And the, what I like about it is it gives you the freedom to play it how you'd like yeah. in terms of your attitude. This is This is one of the rare games for the dialogue tree and stuff, it means something. It means something to you. It's like a role-playing game, right? It gives you, you can cast yourself how you'd like, you know, and I like that about it. I didn't get mega far into it. I, I had about two or two and a half hours to put into it. And after I got the whole key thing, took forever. But I got into, the, I got my second assignment. I got in the bar. I got in disguise. I got up the stairs. I was getting there, and mm -hmm. I felt like I had a good uh, showing, right. given my background. And this is a game I would go back to. Yes, this absolutely. I, I think this to. one, I think I like this more than you. I, I, I mean, I really thought it was good. I, yeah. I mean, it's when you have a, uh, you know, these games, a lot of times, it's really, for me, there's three things when it comes to these games. The plot of the game, right? The interface in the game, and the look of the game, mm -hmm. right? And this has, this all three of those are gold. Yeah. Absolutely, you're right. And the, and it's gutsy to make a game called KGB, which is, that's a controversial thing. Mm -hmm. It's gutsy. And the fact that they didn't just put in some art, like this is someone sat down and drew this art, and it was quality. Mm -hmm. Quality, stylized art that you're not going to see anywhere else. And yeah. that means something. I like a game because when you see this art, you know, okay, it's that guy. Right. There you go. That's my thoughts on it, but. 
All right. Well, who, who suggested this one? By this the way? was Level Lord. Level Lord. He he brings the good titles to the AGSC. I will say. I, I looked this say. up on eBay in closing, both. This thing is reasonable, complete, and there were tons of them, so it must have sold halfway decently. Mm-hmm. Complete in box, you can get them from. I saw them going from twenty three all the way up to seventy eight bucks, mostly in the thirty dollar range. I will say the game, uh, the artwork on the box doesn't do this game any favors. Well, the back of the box is okay, you know, but yeah, I, I was going. I would put some shadowy figures. I would put a James Bond esque, you know, circular bullet thing with a, a silhouette. I would do something besides just put the uh, the KGB logo on there. Well, I'm not going to sit here and say you're wrong about that, but, you know, it was okay. It yeah. was okay. But, yeah, I, I really thought that was a fun one, Boaster. Yeah. All right, Aaron, let's move on to see what's been going on over on the old YouTube channel. All so. right, man. Well, we've got we've been at, we've been at a little bit of stuff here, uh, Boat. So, of course, last week we covered worms. Should we cover, we talk about your commercial, Boat? Let's we'll talk about the commercial. Sure. <laughs> Tell them what you've got up to here. So, uh, well, you know, we uh, Frank has signed on to become a sponsor of uh, <laughs> You're an of, idiot, of, of the Coco Show, <laughs> and uh, and and you know the thing about playing games on the Coco is you really don't want to do it through emulation. It's really kind of a garbage experience. You want to do it, it is through. Not. You want to do it through the real deal, through the real hardware. And uh, the Coco SDC allows you to do that. So uh, I, uh, I just, you know, I, I made a little ad about my experience with the Coco SDC. You should now, check it out. I, I loved your commercial, except for two things. One, you buried the emulator. The emulator is not that bad. And two, you buried the Coco One and Two during this. Why? <laughs> Why did you bury them? You got to bury the Coco. No, 1 you and don't. Two. They don't run EOU, man. But they run the Coco SDC. Listen, that's useless. Listen. The Coco 1 and 2 are top If shelf. I can't play Nitros 9, I don't, I'm not interested. <laughs> How many times have you ever loaded that up on your machine? I play it all the time. Yeah, right. I get on there. and I... You're such a liar, Boat. Anyway, we, we're not burying the Coco 1 and 2. I'm telling you that right now. Now, speaking of burying a sucker, let's talk about myself and the Brent this all right, week. Man. We played sequels different from the original. Yes. Now, when this came up, we both thought of the same thing, which was Dig Dug 2. By the way, garbage game. Well, it's different. It's different from the original. There's nothing about it. But I had something uh, in the back of my head. It said, "Aaron, you need to. You remember this game? Let's give this another shot." And that game was freaking uh, Blue Max 2001. Because mm-hmm. you know we both love the Blue Max. Yeah, it's the best, right? Yeah. Is there anything better? Nope. No. And then Blue Max 2001 honed in the view back in the day. I was like, "Oh boy, Blue Max 2001. This is going to be gold." Mm-hmm. And I remember hating this back in the day. I hated it. I played it like two or three times. I was like, it's a crap. Mm-hmm. You know? So I was like, I'm going to dust this thing off because it's pretty different from the original. It turns out not so much as I played it again. <laughs> so I already got in trouble. But I actually enjoyed this a lot more than, than I had anticipated because uh, Blue Max, the original, was a fun game. And this is a different, it's the same game, but with different controls. Mm-hmm. And the different controls are complicated if you're not used to them. Well, there's also, you know, I never once read the documents for this game because I never That's, once, you know. So you can never get it, off the first level. Yeah, I can never get off the first level. So yeah. that had a lot to do with it. What To me, this game, if this game would have had a key you could press on the keyboard to stop the scroll, then, because I, I have a well, hard time. you can time. do that with a stick. That's well, I have a hard time stopping and starting it when I want it. Yeah, that yeah. everyone did. And yeah. That's why this game was universally hated. It's funny, I was reading about the guy that made Blue Max and Blue Max 2001. He only made one other game, gone. 
He retired yeah. in 1984. I listened to a review from him on Antic, and he basically said, yeah, I just lost interest in, 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 in writing games after that. I so. can tell. But, hey, if you're going to go, go out with a great game. Yeah. A, a Remember, game. most of these 8-bit guys, they go on to programming for companies and actually making money, Yeah, which I, I don't think anybody ever made any money on uh, programming 8-bit computers. I bet he did pretty good, though, uh, on uh, Listen, it's like a 75% piracy rate. Well, no, Blue Max was gold. We also looked at the Brent picked Link. Now, I know I read your review on this, and I know you're a fan, aren't you? Well, you loved it. Your favorite one. It's it's funny. This is a game that I don't know nearly as well as Brent does. So I see yeah. the Brent's expertise. Brent, Brent's beat it multiple yeah. times. But I recognize that it was trying to do something new, and uh, and but it was just too hard. I couldn't play it because it was too hard. It, I, 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 I never hated this, and I still don't hate it. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I don't know what that says about me because of Zelda games. So if you're interested in seeing me and Brent play these games, check this out. Now, one ARG note, both. We had announced this weekend that we were going to be uh, just doing another episode as usual, but we've, there have been plan changes. And so we're going to actually be releasing Amig- uh, Amigos, <laughs> ARG 200 this weekend. Okay. Special episode. Now, we're not sure what this is going to envision yet, and we don't know when we're going to film it or what's going to be in it, but it's so going to you, be gold. So it may not be a normal Sunday start. Time, it will be ready to go as usual. So you do know we, when you're going to film. We're going to film something on Sunday, okay. but I don't know if it's going to be that. Okay. So we'll, just a heads up. But holy smokes, this episode shot, much like The Artist 2 was based on, <laughs> shot to the sky and just kept going. It's Frankie Goes to Hollywood on the R. Sinclair Show. What do you think about the old Frank here? This is a mind bender. It's a mind bender. Ooh, well done. Yeah, I like that. Uh, this is a game that is it's 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 quite surreal in its presentation. Yeah, which is uh, sort of like uh, us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is a game about sort of wandering about the house and taking drugs. It probably should be a surreal game. Uh, this is a this is one you need to try if you've got a ZX Spectrum if you haven't played it before. Just to, just to say you have. Uh, I have a feeling that the Clive's Club group, the Pixar games, were encouraged by this game. So we're going to be playing some real, real wacky stuff in the future. Because there's more. There's I, lots I, of I, I like this more than you, I think. Yeah, because, I think you did too. I, the reason I liked it is because with a licensed game, and let's, I mean, Frankie is Hollywood, which I learned a lot about Frankie is Hollywood this week. And watched some of their crazy videos, looked all into their history. Mm-hmm. You know, that the, part was cool. The yeah. Liverpool, the three number ones, mm-hmm. all that job. Pretty interesting. But you could phone these games in. Okay, you could have phoned this in, mm-hmm. yep. wouldn't have mattered, and say what you want about the game. It was not phoned in. That's very Someone true. Someone took some time to make that game. God bless them, and, and I salute them for it. It's a unique experience. It reminded me sort of the old, like an old Atari, uh, like a, a game, like a, maybe an Indiana Jones, where you just go all these different places and collect this stuff. You're filling up these meters. Mm-hmm. It's, real, it's crazy stuff. Into R. Sinclair or Frank Goes Hollywood. By the way, I also want to mention that Hat Chad informed me that until this episode, he had never heard of this game or this band and never heard any songs from the band. He never heard Relax. That's he hard never to heard Relax. Wow. So there you go. You think so, the Chud ever heard Relax? Probably not. He's also never relaxed, so it works out great. <laughs> you know, we know a guy. A special guy, Boat. Mm-hmm. He's the Hermster. Yeah, he's he Hermsky. Is. Tell us what he's got here. So Hermsky put together one of these new ZX Spectrum boards. This thing is called the Harlequin. Yeah. Okay. And this thing can simulate 
uh, various models. He likes to model the old uh, 128K two-strike edition because yeah. it's the most compatible with Look the at that. library. Look at that thing right there. He bought a brand new ZX Spectrum case. These things are produced here, and you can buy yourself a... Re- There's not a whole lot of computers out there. You can buy ready-made shells with a, with a keyboard ready to go. Yeah out there and so he's bought one of these he's 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 changed the case he had to he had to do a little sketchy tech hackery to put all the i saw that yeah. he did some he made some minor modifications yep. and uh and i i'm it's a shame and he talks about this at the beginning of the video that he didn't film himself building it because it would be a cool time lapse thing yeah, to watch him put this thing together like that. but then again no one needs to see the, that the, and the fact that he didn't time lapse taking the screws out probably was the best <laughs> probably because seven hours of watching him start of this stuff in probably wouldn't be so good so he made the right call that's true that's true. But anyway, if you're interested to see what a clone of the ZX Spectrum looks like, uh, you can check out his video. We're, we're happy, we're always happy, when Paul uh, puts some new uh, videos up on the channel. And of course, check out his channel, Back to 8-Bit with Hermski. I will say, I watched this video, because I, I had a divested interest in this, because I looked at getting one of yeah. these a while back. And I uh, enjoyed the video. And one thing that I caught, you know, Hermski, I would say, was a, is a soft-spoken guy, wouldn't you say? Yeah. The opening of this... It sounds like a speed metal beta yeah. or a black metal beta from Holland. It was like, hey, man, what's hard? I was like, no. Nah. I was not prepared for that opening. I will tell Because then once the video starts, it's like, I'm hi, like, everybody. Yeah. This is Paul. The opening. Then, yeah. It's reminded me a lot of uh, Flack. Right. You know, his thing right. where it's just this, Oh, my gosh. That Sprite Castle thing. I'm always afraid it's going to blow the windows yeah. out of my car yeah. when it starts. Yeah, so. yeah. So, but, yeah, I really enjoyed this. Herms, he always brings the, the different stuff. I really like that a lot. Now. This is apropos. Mm. This is a good, this will dovetail nicely yes, into, my, into yes. my announcement. You know, we know another guy, a special guy named Frodo NL. Okay. Frodo specializes in these very uh, uh, focused looks, streaming looks in the various series and systems, years, things are released. And much like Sauron, Frodo turned his watchful eye into the Barbie franchise boat. And he played... Look at that TV he's playing on. I know, isn't that nice? He sat down and played three... And it was three hours and 30 minutes of Barbie. Salute, my friend. So, Frodo played every Barbie game that was available on the Mr. Mm -hmm. Except for a couple, which we'll get to. It was Barbamania run a while. And at one point... Fredo puts his patented crazy hat on. I believe. Let's see if I can get to that part because I've always always enjoyed when he wears the out. Where it is, there the penguin hat. Mm-hmm. Someone must have hit the pay window there on the in the thing. So please check out Frodo's Barbie piece. Now I say this vote because uh, you'll recall uh, around uh, uh, Amigathon time uh, we talked about. Uh, uh, various goals to get people to, to pitch in on the Amigathon. And one of the ones, because I'd been getting hounded for months, just because I'd played one Barbie game one time, people were like, Barbie, Barbie. They, it was a big running gag. Right. I said, listen, if we can get this astronomical number of cash, I'll do a bar, all Barbie stream. Okay. Well, we crushed that number of cash mm-hmm. and kept right on curling. So I'm a man of the people. As you know, and I am uh, uh, when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. I go full bore, as you know. And so, tonight's stream to dovetail with Frodo's will be my Barbie stream. It'll be happening at the usual 9 p.m. start time. With a, with I'm not having the radio show tonight, so you can come in a little bit early, but nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time, and we're going to pick up every 
non-DOS or non-Windows Barbie game that Frodo didn't cover. All right, so everything else, we're picking it up. And so what you can do, if you're so inclined, is to sit down, watch the entire three and a half hours of Frodo's Barbie, right? Go get you two or three bottles of Jack. Come back and then catch the rest of it on my stream. It's, it's a, a Barbie. Barbie chronology. So this week on the channel, it's going to be Barbie as far as the eye can see. That's always been my dream. This is why we started the channel. <laughs> That's right. To be honest with That's you, right. it's just to do a lot of Barbie. So there you go, Bode. And before we move on, we should make two announcements. Okay, man. A week and a day from now, from as we record it, so I should probably give the actual date because that really—that's a horrible <laughs> way to do it. It's going to be the twenty, the twenty-second of of. Oh no, it'll be Friday the twenty-first. It'll be a week from today. The return of conversations from the dark side. It's going to be UFO encounters. Same right here on this very ch Twitch channel. I'll, I've already contacted our good buddy Rob Flacco here. He's going to set in. He's a UFO master. We're going to have a couple hours of conversations with Dark Side UFOs. The phones will be open. The chat message areas will be open. You can call in right now. You can actually physically leave me messages. You can leave me phone messages. I will play them on the show. The phone's a Google phone, so leave messages. Feel free. And if you've had any UFO encounters, we urge you to tune in next Friday for Conversation with Dark Side. And one last item of note, Bo, before we move to the final part of this show. The 29th, the 29th of January boat, it's going down. It's the International Computer Club boat. We've already got a locked and jacked event ready to go. Mm. We got all kinds of people coming in. We got interviews. We've got demonstrations. We got it all. That'll be going down at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to accommodate our good friends in Europe and the it's going to be the biggest crowd we've ever had because of that early start time. It so may I'm be. Excited. It may be. So I guess what I'm saying is we've got crap coming up every week yeah. for the rest of the month <laughs> that I'm going to rest. <laughs> now, you're going to be here for at least – you're going to be here surely for Internet's Computer Club. Oh, I'm going to be here for everything. Every good. Very good. So everything. Boat will be around. So it should be a good time, Boat. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm also excited to not have to study up with Barbie. Yeah. So once I get past tonight, <laughs> you know. And in February, in February, we're going to have the return of the Taze Valley Classic Computer Club. Yes, that's the plan. We're also – I'm hoping – I'm working on another – because we never really got to have one. But I'm working on a karaoke event. Cool. That, uh, still logistically. Lots of things to look forward to. Yeah. Lots of things. All right, Aaron. As we veer towards the end of the show, uh, I would like to say a special welcome to our newest Patreon supporter of Amigos. He's a man named Alarm. We welcome Alarm. I like that. What yeah. do you think about the name? In the morning, I hate him. Yeah. <laughs> I, want punch, I want to punch him in the morning. Are you one of these people? Do you keep your alarm on your phone? I have. I used to. But now, I, yes, Edwin, karaoke. Uh, the, uh, I used to have it on the phone, mm -hmm. but I've actually, I've got my, I've got one of those, uh, dots, you know, the, yeah. and mm -hmm. that, so I have it way uh, that way you can't physically, cause it's so, I have it sitting high up. Where right. I, grab I, I have to physically place my alarm in the bathroom. So by the time I stumble out of bed and stumble into the bathroom, there's no going back. You know, the chud has like five alarm clocks. They all go off at once. <laughs> I'm, I'm completely serious. Because he sleeps like he's in torpor. Like right. he said, he's went into a deep coma. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he's got to have a bunch. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, we welcome Alarm. And we I want to uh, announce the winners of last week's Patreon Song Challenge, Aaron. There were no winners, frankly. There were all, there were, everybody's a winner. 
Uh, L. Curtis Boyle was first out of the gate. With all his, hail, all hail with his uh, with his correct response. Frodo and L got that one. Jeremy Landry, Paul Kitching, Rob Flack O'Hara, Pixels of Dawn, Andy Craig, Gary Heather, Jason Warns, Mitsuyama, and Eric Nelson. I should probably announce the name of the song, which was Bruce Springsteen's "Dancing in the Dark." You ever seen the video to that? Only about a zillion times. You know the chick in it, Ashley Judd. No, what? No, no, wrong. Joan Jett. No, keep going. The chick that got up Ricky, on stage, the, Ricky Nelson. The chick that got up on stage and danced with him is the is the famous chick from Friends. Friends, yeah, yeah. Phoebe. But what made you think? What was the first thing you said? Ashley Judd wasn't on Friends. What was the rest? Of, none of those people were on Friends. Yeah. Yeah, Courtney I Cox. That. Courtney Cox. And look, the auto mod wouldn't allow that to be said. <laughs> That's funny. I'm allowing it, by God. Yes, they all knew it, except you. Ashley Judd. Who was the girl that sang the national anthem in the uh, Dodgers? In the Dodgers jacket, and she wasn't wearing anything under the Dodgers jacket? I'll have to cons- consult the video on that, bud. Okay. I don't remember that, but okay. I'll, I'll, I'll look into that. Um. So today... Aaron, it's time for a new Patreon song challenge. Oh, man. Okay, so yeah. if you know this song, you can send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com, and uh, I will announce you as winner on our next episode. If you're watching live in the chat, please don't answer in the chat. Send me an email. Here we go. Alarm RSN887. Albert, can't we like what we like? Mr. Chip, Peter Price, Herman V, Wonderly Chism, Mark, Richard, and David, Hearn, Ram, OK, Rom, OK, David, Terrace, Jude, Carlos, Matthew, Mobius, The Phantom, Magnus, Seth, Yatalister, Fiend, Christian, Russell, David, Z, George, Rosansky, The Amiga Show, Daniel Crabtree, Super Family King, Crazy Loomis, William Bitscar, Heavy Systems, Inc., Bunny Frag, Lord, Mark Ryland, Olaf, Hope, Hermski, Daylin, Breeda, Dave, Velociraptor, Captain Borling, Denson, Daniel, Williams, Luke, Hudson, Don Cook, on the base, Frodo, and us all inside the tech, Mage, Jurgen, Mr. Cole, Bernard, Lucas, Jerry, Dennington, Soap, Love, Reflection, Simon, let's cap and crispy. Kill the bites and caffeine. Gary, Heather, free lunch. Cactox, Dave, and Pigford. Cameron, Armstrong, Andy Jones. Lobster, Minator. Tim and Amiga, Retrocast. Bernard Quinn, RMC. Tim Drew, Joseph Harrison. Kyle, Rob O'Hara. Matthew, Laramore. Andy Craig. Sean Zobark, Mid Rolling Bird. Andrew Monks, Joe, the Zombie, Leaf, Kellen, Alan, Kebab, Check out their level, Lord John Marshall, Matthew Perron, Ricky DeRosa, Creepy Dead Boy, Figgy TZ, The Slow Norris, Lauren Giroux, Grand Vibke, Adam Battersby, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Gary Hawker, Paul Bossman, Duncan Styles, Tapes from the Crypt, Josh Nett, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rouleau, THC, Eric Nelson, Kim Tommy Homewood, Stad, Daniel ah. Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Watts, Pixel Dawn, and Kjolbjorn Barman. Man, I'm going to call the DEA. There's a lot of crack in that voice. <laughs> Good Lord. I don't have any idea. All right. I feel like you're just randomly making up tune. Now. No, this time I was not randomly making up a tune. Someone said, that was Picard, said something from Shatner's album. <laughs> Listen, Shatner wasn't that bad. Come on. <laughs> so, 
Uh, we also want to thank all of the fine folks that enjoy us live on Twitch. Well, they're here live. <laughs> I think you're really jumping to conclusions <laughs> on that one. Uh, if you watch us live on Twitch, it's twitch.tv slash Amigos Podcast. We record every Friday at uh, 5 o'clock Eastern Time here in the United States, New York Time. Uh, and uh, you can subscribe and help us out. Edvin Helland has done it. Uber Scuba Diver. Retro Jerry. You're really singling Edwin out. Why? He said Edwin's done it. Have you not? Why would you not single I'm Edwin just out? saying. He sort of indicted him is what it sounded like. Well, I'm indicting him for awesomeness. No, okay. Go ahead. Captain Chaos DK, Retro Jerry, Paco Take, Explorer. Oh, Paco. Oh, God, no. Oh, really, Aaron? <laughs> Gary Heather, Blow Jellyfish, Frodo NL, Texas Foosballer, Amiga Live, Real Retro Dude. Cubits, Duncan Styles, Jigglebox, Negsol, Steve Burtz, Monza Mess. I am Chris Folds. <laughs> really? Demo- Why does it say that? Demo Scene TV, <laughs> Amy Steph, Thurso Bard, Chronosnet, Back to 8 Bit with Hermsky. I am Paul H. What Great the- Al G. What's going on today? <laughs> da, Crabs, MTG, Orom, Eeyore4077, Dragon Banes, OZ, Lumen808, M. Kelly, 0904, Mitsuyama, Scumboy, Still Adolescing, <laughs> Macintosh Librarian, and Butterbird. Thank you guys so much for your support. Now, Aaron, next week, <coughs> I'm so excited about it. I'm getting I can tell. Out. That scares me. We're going to be playing a game, Aaron, a biblical game. It's the Tower of Babel. Really? Yeah. Do you know the story of the Tower of Babel in the Bible? Uh, yeah, I believe I do. The, that's the tower that they uh, built too high, that gimmick. They build it too high. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so I've we'll, been there. We'll see. Get a little too high, and then if they come tumbling down. Tumbling it's down. Worst, man. This was picked by Paul, Boss Man Harrington. You think Paul Boss Man is a, a, is a big uh, evangelist type? I don't know. You know, we've never we've never had that, that conversation. Having worked with you for a while, we could easily call you the Tower of Babel. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong about that. All right, guys. Thank you for watching. We will see you next week. Until then, adios. adios.